Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi and welcome. I'm going to talk a little bit now about what's happening in the news in relation to residential property investment. Um, and also I'm going to talk through what we're seeing in the marketplace uh, generally. Um, so the first article uh, written by a newspaper that shall remain nameless, begins with a G and ends in <coughs> Ardian, um, says that house prices uh, are due to drop again uh, as the Halifax uh, says that first-time buyers are switching to smaller homes. Well. According to most of the indices, house prices have probably dropped three, about three, four percent, something like that. I think uh, that may be true as an average across England. Um, however, at the coalface, around here, around the East Midlands, I think you can probably get deals done maybe 10% cheaper than you could do previously. Um, when I say previously, that's probably a year ago. Um, but if you look back to the beginning of the pandemic, they probably went up from 2020 to I don't know, mid-22, they probably went up 15, 20%. So actually they're still above where they were at the start of the pandemic, which is quite interesting. Um, obviously base rate has gone from 0.5% to 5.25, which is an absolutely massive increase. So over 10 times uh, it's gone up. So landlords are now paying mortgage rates of maybe six or 7% for a, a two year deal. Uh, and homeowners maybe in the 5% range. So, you know, that's really significant. So that is having a knock-on effect to affordability. Uh, affordability um, is becoming uh, stretched. Um, that's, a, a, you know, a, a rather large uh, underestimate, uh, rather large understatement. Um, the graph I'm looking at now, which has been issued by Rightmove, uh, basically says that in 20, uh, around November 2021, the average monthly amount spent on a first time buyer home was £850 a month. That's with a 10% deposit. Uh, and by July of 23, that had reached £1,300 a month. So Bank of England base rate increase um, is having a huge effect. It hasn't quite doubled the average mortgage on a, a first-time buyer home, but uh, it's getting towards that. So lots of those buyers are downsizing. Maybe previously they were looking to buy, um, I don't know, maybe something of 300,000. Now they're looking to buy something of say 250 or 200,000. Um, the market is still going and actually it, it's the mid-market that maybe has suffered even more uh, because it, let's let's use Peter as an example. Maybe the mid-market stuff might be three or four hundred thousand. Lots of those people uh, are downsizing to buy the smaller units um, because affordability is so stretched. Are we seeing big repossessions? Not really. Um, insolvencies and repossessions they ticked up a little bit. I had a look at the graph. Um, um, I think it was last month. Um, and uh, it had gone up slightly, but the reality is the transmission mechanism um, from base rate changes uh, and the way that transmits into the monthly payment uh, that um, homeowners and landlords are paying uh, is much, much different to what it was, say, in the late 80s. 
uh, when interest rates last sort of went up at, at such a great pace. Uh, it's changed a lot. So although base rate has, has gone up over 10 times, over 1,000%, um, the, 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 the speed at which that transmits has, has, has changed massively. Uh, it's slowed down uh, and the effect it's having on people is much less than you would have expected um, based on sort of previous um, rounds of, 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 of big interest rate hikes. Why is that? Um, well, the first reason is a lot more people are on fixed rate mortgages now. Uh, loads and loads of those um, homeowners are on two or five year fixes. So that doesn't necessarily break the link, but it delays um, the point at which people are going to have a massive increase in their, their mortgage payment. Um, there's about 110,000 people a month coming off fixed rates at the moment. Um, so you can imagine these, these interest rate rises are going to bite those people uh, and reduce their spending elsewhere and, and therefore control inflation, uh, but it's going to take longer. Second thing is uh, people who can't afford to pay their mortgages um, are being encouraged to contact their mortgage lenders. Um, I think the, the, um, the FCA and the government have, have been all, o all over the lenders and they're telling them to put people on interest only now, come off capital repayment, to extend the mortgage term. Um, and they're probably not going to start any repossession proceedings for a lot longer. There's certainly a sort of 12-month grace period. So um, I think this is quite different um, to what we saw in the late 80s. Uh, and because of that, repossessions are still very, very low. Um, the house price index uh, for July for Zoopla uh, right move and uh, Halifax uh, again is is down. Um, what does this mean for you? Well, it means that properties are cheaper. Uh, it means that you're able to to go out there and negotiate a little bit harder. People are certainly concerned about further price uh, price drops. Uh, it's in the media a lot. So I think you're going to be able to push and get deals, more deals, and and get better deals at the moment. Uh, I think if you um, you know, sort of a, approach vendors with a particularly flexible mind. Uh, maybe you can buy it over a longer period of time. Maybe you can pay their mortgage for a while. Maybe you do some vendor financing. Maybe you look at moving them out and renting uh, another property to them in uh, at a lower rate. Maybe the rent might be 900, but you rent it to them at say 600. And in return, you get to buy their old house cheap. Lots of those opportunities are becoming uh, more valid and, and, and you know you, you have a greater ability to do those sorts of deals in a down market like we're in now. Uh, it's changed hugely um, since uh, a year ago where you know things were really really strong. Also in the news at the moment is Michael Gove's um, announcement on new permitted development rights, um, a new planning super squad that's going to go around uh, and give local councils support uh, and various other um, things that he said about uh, how the, the government's going to get um, developers building and, and, and increase uh, the housing supply. Uh, if you think back to 20, um, around 2017, I think we've delivered something like 170,000 houses per annum on average. Um, so the target was 300,000. Uh, they're way off, way, way, way off the target. Boris seemed to uh, like to talk about build, build, build. Theresa May had a, a similar sort of rhetoric. 
Um, I'm not sure that most of, of what they say in this um, arena, if, if it's generic, can be taken particularly seriously, unless there are tangible changes that they talk about um, that you can actually sort of pick up and use. Um, this planning super squad, I think they were going to put 20 million aside for it. It's a drop in the ocean. A lot of this is to create headlines rather than to make any meaningful change. Um, however, there are going to be some changes to the permitted development right uh, regime, uh, which is could be quite useful. Um, about 94,000 homes have been delivered uh, using permitted development rights. Obviously, we had office to residential initially, then it moved on to retail, agricultural, um, and now they are talking about uh, having reduced the maximum floor space limit, uh, especially on offices. Um, they, they, they put a cap on it of 1,500 square metres uh, a few years ago. They're now talking about going back up to 3,000 square metres, which is a positive change. Uh, 3,000 square metres um, would be a building of around 30,000 square foot. Uh, that might get you might get you 50 flats. Obviously, that's still still the m maximum. Uh, sorry, there's still the minimum size of 37 square meters per flat in there. Um, but that is a, a benefit that I can see. Uh, they are talking about using local design codes for external changes because obviously, when you put your permitted development application in. Um, that only deals with the internals. Often you've got to put a planning application in to make external changes. So hopefully that will reduce the routes that councils have got uh, to refuse your planning application on the basis that they don't want the whole scheme. Um, they're also going to now, this is quite a big change, they're going to in, uh, include hotels that can be converted into C3, into residential property as well boarding houses and guest houses, so you're going to be able to use permitted development rights to convert those, which is very, very useful. Um, and um, a, another change is that betting offices, uh, payday loans, um, um, uh, and another change is Class G with betting uh, offices and payday loans, they will be uh, within the permitted development regime, and you'll be able to go up to 300 square metres um, so you'd be going from 150 square metres to 300 under these new changes. And instead of being a maximum of two flats, you will be able to go to four flats. And I think that will uh, apply to retail as well. So there are some definite benefits in there. This is not done yet. It's under consultation. But I suspect um, that it will um, become law and you will be able to utilise these rights. Um, some of you will have been converting uh, agricultural buildings under Class Q. Um, you're now going to be able to go up to, they're saying between 100 uh, to 150 square metres per house and up to 10 houses. Um, so that could be a, a positive change. Again, this is under consultation, so it's not set in stone yet. Um, and they're also saying that they may extend this to buildings that are not used for a solely agricultural use, uh, but that have some other maybe ancillary use as well, which is very useful. So if you're looking at utilising some of these permitted development rights um, through commercial conversions, um, I would keep an eye on the .gov website because the consultation's on there at the moment. Once um, that comes to an end, uh, you'll probably see new, more press releases from them. Uh, and you know it probably won't take that long before they start introducing them. It'll be months, um, I mean it could be next year, 
Um, but um, once that goes onto their, their website, then you can start making the applications, put your prior, prior approvals in uh, to convert those buildings. So I've been given something here, which is, um, to my mind, absolutely wonderful. Um, many of you will have had extremely painful, um, many of you will have had great pain um, when purchasing properties, refinancing properties, um, especially with leasehold flats. Um, transactions can take many, many months. I think the longest one I've had has taken two years uh, because of legal issues. Um, you know, paperwork missing, um, you know, deeds that might be missing, um, inquiries, you know, and a lot of those are, most of those are paper-based. Um, those inquiries are looking for information which is not based at the land registry, especially with flats. Um, you know, you have to make inquiries of the freeholder and the management company. That can go on to, into many, many months, uh, and it makes the whole process quite painful. Um, so many times people have said to me, oh, wouldn't it be brilliant if, uh, well, the way they put it to me, I think Rob said to me a couple of times, um, surely there should be blockchain for house purchasing. Well, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be held within the blockchains, but what you need to do is digitise all of those elements and then put them into the register. Surely if you can digitise um, you know, all of the leases, you can digitise all of the covenants, all of the different deeds applying to, to, to a property, you know, easements, everything like that, and you can get them into a land registry, um, surely that's going to make the purchase process so much quicker. In fact, if you could digitise almost everything, surely this could all get done in a matter of days. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Um, maybe it's a little bit more complicated uh, than that, but I've just been past this new digital property market steering group formed to drive crucial digital transformation in the land and property market paper. Uh, and this, on, this is on the gov.uk website. So this is exactly what um, I think lots of people have been saying to me. Why, why is property so slow and why is it so difficult? And why can I go, just go on to the internet and buy some shares in uh, 10 seconds? Uh, why, why can't I buy a property that quickly? Well, this might be the solution. Um, so reading through this, this steering committee, uh, there are lots of members in there, the Law Society, the Conveyancing Association, Chartered Institute of Legal Executives, Property Mark, the Land Registry, UK Finance, Building Societies Association, you know, so most of the key players are in there. Um, and what they're saying is, although there's no silver bullet, digitisation will be transformative in this in this work, especially in relation to ID, digital deeds, digital registration, and providing important information to consumers about both the process and the property at an early stage. Well, this sounds absolutely wonderful. Um, there's going to be a joint government and industry launch event with the theme um, Digital Property Market in London on the 12th of September. Um, and it's going to bring together all of these leaders, 300 guests, um, from the industry. So this sounds great. Let's hope they actually do it. This has come out from the land registry. It's on the, the gov.uk website, DPMSG, which is Digital Property Market Steering Group. Um, let's hope they get on and do it and, and, and don't just talk about it. Obviously, this is going to take a number of years. It's massive, massively complex. And I would have thought a little bit like when they set the land registry up, there is so much information to get uploaded on there. But, you know, all they need to, well, all they need to do, once they've got the framework running, which I'm, I'm sure is a, uh, a huge task, 
all that will happen, I presume, is that every time there is a transaction, the solicitor, the conveyancer, the land registry, at that point will take all the paperwork in and digitise it so that future transactions um, are already stored on the system and will become much, much quicker. I think that's what seemed to happen with the land registry. So um, the properties and the titles that are not subject to this will just be the ones that haven't transacted um, in the last few years. So if everybody, or the average person, lives in a house in the United Kingdom for seven years, uh, you would imagine that sort of after seven years, a lot of properties will be on this system uh, once they've set it up, uh, which will be a massive benefit to all of us. So to summarise, um, I think house prices probably are, they've probably dropped 10-15% in a lot of areas. Uh, the indices are maybe showing a drop of maybe 3 to 4% uh, as an average across all property types, but they're always lagged and uh, I'm not sure at the coalface coal they represent what's actually happening on the ground. Right move are saying that affordability has basically re reduced hugely, which has got to be true. Um, about 1300 a month now for a average per first time buyer mortgage versus 850 uh, in 2000, uh, November 2021, which is a huge shift. Base rate's gone up 10 times. It's gone up a thousand, over 1,000%, 1, which uh, has got to have a huge impact. Um, new permitted development rights, which are um, quite beneficial if you're going to be converting buildings, doing your commercial, commercial conversions. Looks like the sizing is, you're going to be able to do buildings of, of double the size, double the amount of flats that you could before. They're going to include hotels, um, and uh, it looks like agricultural buildings um, are going to become easier to convert and you're going to be able to do bigger houses from them and more of them, which is a major benefit. And finally, there's DPM SG, which is digitising property market transactions, taking lots and lots of that paperwork, putting it into um, the online space, probably into the land registry to speed up transactions, which to me is a, a massively beneficial thing. So if you've enjoyed this and you want to get more out of property investment, just have a look at my 42 tip guide below in the link. So that has been Mark Homer over and out. If you liked this, don't forget to subscribe and remember we upload these every Tuesday. Thanks for being wonderful listeners and hope to see you on the next podcast.